Well, if you didn't get the message in that song, things are so much better God's way. And I think that's our prayer for this day, for this service, for this Christmas season. Could we just join together and pray that prayer today? Father, we pray today that we get Christmas your way, that we get Christ your way, that we get love your way, and that God in our lives, no matter where we're at, what we're dealing with today, that we truly understand your way. And that simple truth will literally change our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer, would you give me a loud amen? Amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Oh, so good to see you all today. I'm happy to be here. I want to share one very important announcement. Uh, I'm very passionate and excited about this. Uh, I won't take a lot of time, but uh, we have groups that have established and been meeting for years that came out of what we call our message discussion groups. And so every now and then we do a series that sets up really well for these groups. And we're going to do one the first of this year called Built for Purpose. Pastor John just felt on his heart that's a great start for the new year. And so part of that, we're going to be doing some groups. And the past history has been, we've got lots of people that want to be a part, but we don't have enough leaders. And so I want to make sure this year we do that. So we've put a meeting today right after this service downstairs. It's 15 minutes. If you uh, would like to join me and just hear more about it, please come there. I will not take a lot of time. I know you have things to do today, but we'll keep it short. And so if you could do that and hear more about this, we're looking to develop uh, groups of around 35 to 40 leaders, and we just need you. And I'd like you, if you'd ever consider that, to host or be a part of facilitating. It's not hard. You'll come and see here why and be a part of that. Amen. The good stuff's over. Okay. Hey, I really want to say, um, I was in Texas last year, or last year. Yeah. Time flies. Um, I was in Texas last week and uh, went to a service with a young man that was a pastor here, worked on staff, and he's doing a great job and enjoyed being there, enjoyed the message. But... Uh, I think we're so blessed. Uh, Jake uh, has been speaking lately last week, heard so many good things about his message. Kate and, of course, Pastor John. We're so blessed to have great communicators. And I just want to thank Pastor John, both for the privilege and honor to be able to speak to you today. I really consider it that, and uh, I'm looking forward to what I have to share today. So this idea of the series is expectant, Okay. And uh, I brought up uh, this idea because we've been talking about it, and I thought, well, it's good to know what you're talking about. So I looked up the definition. Expecting is just simply feeling excited about something good that's going to happen. Feeling excited about something good that's going to happen. Isn't that the Christmas spirit? I caught a few little kids coming in, talking to them about their Christmas tree and their presents. And uh, man, you talk to kids about Christmas, and they're expecting, aren't they? And... Uh, uh, I remember being a kid. How many remember being a kid? That was just a few years ago for me, obviously. I've actually never grown up, but it's just my body did, but the rest of me stayed the same. So anyway, I remember being a kid, and I remember our parents having to just threaten us that you are not going to get presents if you just don't stay in bed till 3 a.m., and uh, anyway, you just couldn't wait as a kid to rush in and to rip open those presents and to just... The excitement and expectation. Didn't December as a kid seem like the longest month of the year? It just seemed like Christmas would never get here. And then got a little older, um, went to college, and I met this sweetheart of mine and fell in love. 
and just was very excited about my first Christmas with her. And my love language is gift giving, and so I kind of took note of things she liked. And uh, I was just this very wealthy college kid, had 20 bucks for Christmas. And so, man, I had to spend it wisely. And I got these real cool things that just, this idea of expectant, excited about something good you think is going to happen. Now, when you give your girlfriend a Christmas present, something good's going to happen. <laughs> Come on, folks. Are y'all awake? Man, I got a good kiss that Christmas, I'm telling you. It's pretty awesome. And I just loved that process. And then uh, it just evolves. Then you become a parent. How many parents are here? Don't you love just the fact of thinking about your kids and, and thinking of what they would like and what they need and just going through that process? And I remember our first Christmas with our, our little kids. I just loved that. I probably loved it and was more expectant than they were, maybe. And you know with kids, have you noticed little kids, it doesn't matter what they get. It really doesn't. You can wrap a rock. They rip open the presents. Oh, a rock. Give me another present. It's just that excitement about the adventure and what's in there. And then they become teenagers. And it matters what you get. <laughs> I tried the rock thing on my 13-year-old. It did not fly. Anyway, actually, they're a little more discriminating in their taste. And we failed miserably. We'd spend lots of money. I thought this would be awesome. And they rip it over. and They give you the look. Any parents of teenagers? They're kind of like, oh, that's nice, thanks. You blew it, Dad. You should have got me the iPad. Of course, back then there was no iPad, so I didn't have to worry about that. But anyway, and luckily it comes through that time of teen years and to being a grandparent. How many grandparents here today? Oh, you're back to that mode of finding them little kids, that perfect little present. And, and, and you just, it's just the best. And then... You know, they have this thing nowadays called gift cards. And it's not the same. I'm just telling you, it's not the same. You know, they go, they buy, but it's not the same. But there's that expectation of looking forward to something good that's going to happen. And so here's the truth. If you're a parent, if you've been around Christmas for many years, there's two bad things about Christmas. And I want to share those with you today. First, some Assembly required. <laughs> I have a picture. I want you to take a look up here. Okay? Bring that up, guys. Are we here? Can anybody relate to this? Okay? Some assembly required. All right? That feeling of all these parts and pieces that on Christmas Eve, when you're stressed out, have to come together. All right? The second bad part of Christmas the instruction manual. Take a look at this Ikea. Anybody here ever put together Ikea stuff? So first time I got an Ikea product, this should not stump me. This should not be difficult. I don't speak Ikea. I put it together and I missed one wrong thing and I had to take the dumb thing apart and put it back together again. Because if you don't put them just like these pictures, and I literally laid them on the angle they were in the pictures. I flipped the holes around, that kind of stuff. I finally learned how to do Ikea. I can do Ikea. If you need help, don't call me. <laughs> That's actually a simple one, okay? 
Now, if you're a parent of kids and you do toys, I want to show you one more graphic. It's of a transformer, okay? Now, let me just show you. This here, this is just page one of many pages because this is a seven-robot combined transformer. Can you imagine how many pieces go into a seven-robot transformer? That would be a nightmare. As I was looking up for these manuals, because I didn't want to go buy a toy and spend the money and then hold the thing up, so I just found them online. But I came across some funny stories. These are true. There was this mom I read about that had a toy that had 564 parts. And so, instead of before Christmas, she opened up Christmas Day with her child, and she starts to put it together, all right? She gets down to the last couple steps, and a part is missing. A part is missing. <laughs> Little Junior, say what you want about this kid, went ballistic. And the story that I read says he literally grabbed the toy and started breaking it into pieces and throwing it. Now, of course, in my day, we would deal with that kid differently, but your day, I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> it's up to you. I'm trying to be modern here. I think there's a solution to that. enough said. Hope my kids are watching. No, I'm kidding. Kid goes crazy, tears the thing apart. I read of a dad, he puts together this project, this toy, and he's working through it and getting frustrated and more frustrated. And finally, he literally takes the uh, instruction manual, tears it up, takes every bit of the parts of the toy, throws it in the box and goes and throws it away. <laughs> I think that would have been me. <laughs> and the last one, there's a dad, and this is a smart dad. So dad's taking note here, giving you a little help. He was thinking ahead. Instead of waiting until Christmas Eve, he figures, I'm going to put this thing together early. So the day before Christmas Eve, he pulls it out that night. He has this same issue, can't follow the instructions, all these parts, all these pieces, and he finally gets to the place where he says, I can't do this. He packs it up takes it back to the store, he goes over and buys something that's already made. And he brings that home, and that's the Christmas present. You know, truthfully, this is really a great metaphor for life. Life can be like that. I don't know about you, but man, I sure would like my life to be simple and easy. I sure would like things to go well. I think... I would love for my life to be comfortable and wonderful, but it gets complicated, and for some of us, it gets painful. And here's the question, God, why is this happening? God, I don't understand. God, what are you doing? Well, I want to help you with that today. And I want to keep you, keep you to think about this idea of what is your point of view? If things are good in my life, my point of view is my life is good, right? Makes sense. But here's the problem with that. Because life is good today, we expect life to be good tomorrow. Because we've been on this run of good life and we just think it's always going to be that way. But the opposite's true. If things are bad, if life is bad, our perception, our point of view is life is bad. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be, I'm going to be miserable. And here's the reality. As a pastor, I have a lot of conversations with people. Those that are in that place expect things to stay bad. And they live their life under that cloud. 
The truth is this. Not everything will always stay the same. You can have a good life, you can have a bad life, but it doesn't mean that it will always stay that way. And I think the issue that we face here is that we can truly, in wherever point of view we're at, miss God. And I know that I have, and I know that some of you had. Where is God in all this? Here's the truth. It's Christmas, right? Christmas is about Jesus. It's about the Messiah coming to earth. We know that they missed it. That they didn't realize this was the Messiah. They were looking for something else. And they didn't even recognize it. The Messiah was there all along. There was prophecy. Isaiah said that the, there will be a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And you will call him Emmanuel. All right? Think about this whole process of Jesus' time on this earth. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus coming to earth. The reason for the season. All those cute things we say. It's about Jesus coming to earth. But he came, come to this earth as a Messiah. A Savior. Is that wonderful? But they missed it. The people right there living in that moment and in that time missed it. They missed this idea of birth. Now let's be honest. It's pretty miraculous. Young lady comes to her dad, says, Dad, I'm pregnant. This is the Bible time, uh, but it's because of God. How many dads here would buy that? <laughs> Honey, let's take you to JFC. We've got some great counselors there. They need to talk to you. Men, your fiance comes to you, I'm pregnant. We've never been together, but it's God. It's his fault. How many men would buy that? How many women would have an angel come to you and say, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do, and you will have a child, and his name will be Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. And this is where this idea of expectant comes because Mary pondered these things in her heart and with expectation looked forward to what God was bringing. But the vast majority of people in the circle of her life didn't believe this was the Messiah. The disciples and the people that followed Jesus and lived with him did not believe he was the Messiah. Many occasions in the scripture, they were wanting something different. They were wanting freedom from Roman rule. They were wanting a king with a sword that would come and destroy all these bad things because they believed in a Messiah that was going to change political systems. They missed it. They didn't see Jesus. And on a cross, I can imagine these people that had so much hope for this Messiah. Even though they had seen miracles and things, they still weren't there. People like Peter who, in John chapter 6, all these people left Jesus because he was just not going to do the little miracle show for him. And he turns to Peter and said, will you leave too? And Peter says, no. No, where else would I go? You, you are the word of life. You are." And he thought he had it. But then, and then in the garden, uh, when they arrest Jesus, all right, it's Peter who pulls out a sword and starts swinging that. And he's waiting. Okay, God, bring the army. Where are they? And Jesus tells Peter, no, I could bring an amazing army that could do this, but you've missed who I am. I'm not here to slay Romans and Pharisees and people. I'm here to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior that will come to earth. They missed it. And finally, with a resurrection, a supernatural occurrence, even then, Thomas, Jesus, is this for real? Let me see the scars in your hand. 
And literally, the day of Pentecost comes, and finally the Holy Spirit brings this message of what this Messiah was about. Now, we're here today. We know this story. How many know this story? Why? Because we look back. We can see the whole perspective. We can understand what this story is. But when we live in the middle of it, so often we miss it. What is God trying to do in your life? What does God want? And I just find that so amazing that they miss the whole point of view. And so if the people who are right there with Jesus in the flesh can miss it, then couldn't we miss it now? I described earlier how wonderful I see Christmas. And I was thinking about this as I prepared this message. I have a short memory because there were some Christmases that were really tough. Early on in our marriage, we did not do well. We did not like each other. We did not get along. We were praying that Jesus would take the other up. <laughs> True. I'm, I wouldn't have left her. I wouldn't have killed her. She might have killed me. I have to be honest. There were days. But truthfully, just was praying, God, get me out of this. I'm miserable. We had some years as young youth pastors that we didn't make hardly any money. There was one year in particular, we moved from Houston to Dallas to work at a church, and we had two houses, and it took every bit of our income. And we were so happy that we had $25 to buy kids Christmas presents. And we went down to the dollar store, and like I said earlier, they didn't care what it was. We had some cheap wrapping paper and a bunch of little presents that cost us $25. But I'll tell you, as a dad... You want to give your kids something good, don't you? You want to give your loved one something good? And we had nothing. My folks at the time, uh, after Christmas, we were able to come up and visit. And I remember they had to send us the money that we could get there. And it was such a blessing to receive that. I'd forgotten about that. But you know what? Several years now, and most Christmases have been pretty awesome. And for some of you, you might look back at your Christmases and your marriage may be hard and difficult. And all those are just rough. But a few years ago, most of you know, at this time, I did good last night. We got news of cancer. Well, let me tell you about that, okay? We had expected... We had believed that good things were going to come out of this. We had believed in our God to know that this is a good thing and God's going to do good things through this. And so for several years, we went through all the processes of medical treatment. But I saw just an amazing thing of God, and I kept thinking, this is going to end good. This, this, this has to end good. God's got this. We're going to be okay. I just want to honor him. Brenda just every day said, I want to honor God through this. But it didn't turn out the way I expected, so what do I do with that? What, how do I reckon that with God? And I really have some good things to share with you of things that I have learned in this process. I struggle with this new step in my life. It's been a rough year. Christmas isn't good anymore. I think about these things. Songs, they're really sad. 
<laughs> Have you ever heard Christmas songs? Seriously. The old Christmas carols about Jesus are good. But the new songs that are modern, they're bad. <laughs> Turn on the Christmas station and guess what? Elvis is singing what? I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Well, I can tell you, I didn't like that song at all. And I used to love that song. Brennan, and I'd be riding the card, come on, and I'd be doing my Elvis thing and singing it to her. She'd laugh, I'd laugh. I like that song. I hate that song. I'll be home for Christmas? Nope. You see, Christmas takes on a different meaning from a point of view. All right? I will tell you what I learned driving back from Texas. You know, when you're around Amarillo, there are radio stations that I've never, ever experienced. <laughs> I found a Christmas country western station. I liked it. I'm not a country western guy. But they had good songs like, all I want for Christmas is a good tan. <laughs> Man, that was a good song. And they had some of the craziest, funniest songs. I'm thinking, these country western people, they're good. I like it. Movies, movies are really fake. I'm a, I like movies, okay? I'm totally against Hallmark, though. <laughs> Just want you to know. It's changed. A guy said that. You lose your guy card. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. Brenda used to love him. Guess what? I loved him because she loved him and we could be together. And it's the same dumb storyline every time. Guy meets girl, loses girl, some funky thing happens. You know what I learned last year? And Brenda and I noticed this. Every one of those movies, somebody had cancer in it. Seriously. And we laughed then. <laughs> we really did. Movies just, they just are this manufactured emotion. Decorations don't mean anything without someone to share it with. I did put up a tree. A few years ago, we bought a fake tree. I'm always a real tree guy. I'm sorry. That's just who I am. For 45 years, we've had a real tree. And this year, no real tree. Have a fake tree. Three pieces. Pump, pump, plug it in. Turn it on. That's it. I got a big four-foot wreath that goes over our fireplace. That's the extent of my decorations. That's all I needed. I didn't feel like it. They didn't mean anything. Okay, I'll turn on the lights. That's good enough. I don't need ornaments. Just work. <laughs> I mentioned my love language is gift giving. There's no expression of love in gift giving this year. I was just dreading Christmas Day. People here that I love and know, we kind of shared that. It's like, man, uh, we would love Christmas at JFC. Great services. I always was a part of the 11 o'clock. This year I get to be a part and love being that. But we get home at 1 o'clock. We just kind of wind down, go to bed, get up. Real nice, mosey morning. You know, when the kids are gone and grown and they got their own families, you just kind of have a different flow of Christmas. We get up, kind of just get into the day. She had this great tradition of making homemade waffles and bacon, and she would do that, and we would exchange gifts, and I love that. And I'm driving back, listening to Blue Christmas, thinking, who am I going to give a gift to? And I know these things are normal. I know these things are real. I know it's the life that I live, but it's, it's a life that I'm not used to, and it's not a step that I understand. And I'm not alone with this point of view. I think there are people here today that are dealing with some kind of disappointment or hurt. Some of you expected something different out of your life, but it's not going well. Some of you... I have some friends, some guys, their wives left them this year. 
And I've cried with these men. Because now they have a different issue than I do on their Christmas. Some of you experience this. You understand the heartache, the difficulty, the things that happen with that. Some of you are here today. You're not divorced, but you wish you were. Your marriage is horrible. You're having a hard time. You were there where Britt and I were. You just wish you weren't married. And you don't see any end in sight. There are family dramas. I'm dealing with some folks that have some real issues with some grown adult kids. Financial troubles. Some of you might not be able to pay your bills this year. And you might end up at the dollar store to get your kids something. Those are horrible times. Some of you, and I know some of you are here today because I met you on the way in. Dealing with health, failing health, dealing with cancer, dealing with all sorts of things. We were there last year. We understand it. You feel it. Christmas looks different, doesn't it? Pastor John mentioned in a message recently a clinical term he found called chronic sorrow. I probably would have not related to that a year ago. But fighting that feeling of sadness, especially at Christmas, is a battle. It's an uphill thing. And add to that the things that you deal with, chronic pain. Some of you are in pain all the time. Chronic poverty, you're broke all the time. Chronic dysfunction, you put the fun in dysfunction in your family. So I came up with this conclusion. Life is a series of chronic conditions. Amen? But let's determine what that chronic condition is going to be. Here's what we need to understand. I want to show you a final graphic. Okay, I want to go back to that transformer thing. Bring that up. Okay, remember our big thing, 14 pages, whatever it was. Each of these steps that are blocked out were steps. This here is a point of view. This is where you're at in time and space. This is your view of your life. You see this little bit of the assembly process. Does that make sense? All right. And so we lose it because in that one point, we determine the whole of our life based on that point of view. You only see where you're at in that one step in the process. And I can tell you, you could look at this as a graphic and see that maybe many of those steps in your life were good, but right now you're dealing with cancer. Right now you're dealing with heartache. Right now you're dealing with poverty. That is the step you're at. It's important to know that. You're going to see why. Most of the things that I've experienced in my life, I would say, are pretty great, except for some points of view, some steps along the way. So I want to answer three important questions or give you three thoughts today. Number one, the question that many of us have, is God there? Is the Messiah there, but we're looking for something else? You see, if our life story was put in the book like a Bible and 2,000 years from now, somebody's reading that book and they see your life and they see all these things and all these words and all these things about your life and they would say, why didn't they see it? Why didn't they understand? Because <coughs> they were just looking at that point in time. And I think we fail when we begin to miss God because we're looking for something else. Number two, are we expectant of the wrong things? So here's what happens when we face in that step. It's a bad process. We are looking for relief. As a pastor, many of my conversations, people are saying, I want relief. They use very Christian terms. Kind of know what I'm talking about? Some of you. 
But in essence, they're just saying, I want relief. All right? In essence, they're saying, Pastor, can you fix this? Or Pastor, can you tell me how God can fix this? Or Pastor, can you fix my husband? It's all about fixing things. It's about relief from that situation. But (coughs) here's what we should expect. Belief. Belief. When we believe in the Messiah, the Savior, we're making a statement that says, I am going to trust you. I don't get this point of view, but I'm going to trust you. And you cannot trust God if you don't believe he cares for you. You cannot trust God if you don't know how much he loves you today. And he does. He does so much that we have a Christmas story born out of the love of a father that released his son to live in our life, to experience our sorrows. I don't want to embarrass her. She's a friend. She comes to JFC. We chatted on the way in. And I shared with her something that God gave me this morning in that Jesus, the Son of God, totally connected to God, still had sorrow, still had tears, still had heartache. And sometimes as a Christian, we think we don't have that. We don't get that because, hey, we're connected to God. We should never have sorrow. We should never have heartache. We should never have hard times because we're connected to God. Jesus himself wasn't free from that. We're not told that. We like blessing. Anybody here like blessing? Does anybody here have a screensaver or a poster on your wall about all the blessings of God? Anybody here have that? Nobody? Don't you believe in the blessings of God? (laughs) No, really. How many believe in the promises of God? Are they good? Okay, let me bring you a promise. In this world, you will have... Oh, that's not on my screensaver. I don't want a poster of that. But it's the reality. Do we trust him? So I want to give you a few things. How do we respond? Just like the story of the mom that had the 564 parts and the kid that went ballistic, we have that. Maybe not to that extent, but we get angry at God. God, I'm so mad at you. God, you're not, you're just, God. And you, you stay in that place of anger. The second is that, <clears throat> like the dad who threw the gift away, you're indifferent. You're here today. You're here today. Maybe you had to be here. Maybe somebody talked to you. Or maybe you're just doing out of ritual. But you're here today, and you're just indifferent to God. You're just like, man, God, just get through this. <coughs> or the dad who took the gift back, and he replaced it with something else. We go elsewhere. A lot of people do things to replace, to medicate, to do things with their pain. I... I've never drank, I've never done drugs, I'm that weird guy. Never did because our family was a mess and it scared me as a kid and I'm like, I'm never going to do that and I never did. But some people turn to drugs or alcohol. Some people turn to other things. My bad thing is when I get done working or meetings, I go home. It's hard to go to sleep. I turn on the TV. I watch TV. Nothing really, just watch. That's what I have replaced that pain with. I pray, God, help me. God, deliver me from the Hallmark Channel. And he did. (laughs) He took that desire completely away. I pray, God, deliver me from football and the Broncos. He took that desire completely away. (laughs) 
I'm praying about Survivor right now, but I don't know how that'll go. So listen to this. It's a verse, the, it's mentioned in your uh, notes, but I'll read it to you. For God will do this. Listen. He is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son. That Jesus, the Messiah that suffered and went through everything that we know, says, I'm going to partner with you. And I'm reading that and I think, okay, what's, what's the this of that verse? And the verse before that passage, he says this. Now you have every spiritual gift you need. Every gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the verse before, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Every gift you need, all right, Listen, he's helped me a lot this year. These two things have been important. The scripture talks about this word abide. Just spending time with God. If you're going through stuff, let me encourage you. Worship God. Put on worship. Pray. Just wait on God and read the word. And the other thing is relationships. There are people here that have helped me through this year. So I want to wrap it up with this. When you don't understand what happens, okay? All right? Here's why you don't understand. You're only looking at one step of the instruction manual. <clears throat> and this, this, listen, you guys got a bonus today. I went home last night thinking, man, I just, there was something missing. So Saturday night was a great group. You guys are a little better. You laughed a little better at the Ikea thing. So I think you'll get this. And I'm thinking, and I woke up this morning at four, and it was like this download. Listen to this. When you don't understand, part, or point two, one part has to be completed before the next step can work. Yeah, isn't that a God thing? I get those now and then. I'm so happy when I do. That Ikea shelf. If you get the right things in the right place, then the next step works right. And through that process, you end up with a shelf that really actually works. So when your life is going rough, there's something important I want you to remember. Your life is an assembly-required process. Two things there. Can I tell you something good today? Something that encourages me? No matter where I'm in in this step process, God is always working. And he has worked in so many ways in my life this year. So many ways. And number two, all right, another download this morning. I wish I had actually a whole message to go through this because I think it'd be good. Do you want to get to heaven half assembled? Seriously. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and that process brings you to this place. Scripture talks about coming to the place in our life where we're fully complete and mature in Christ Jesus. Oh, I, I'm so joy-filled at this, even though it's sad. I watched my sweet Brenda the last several years of her life take every step and let God assemble her. And the day she entered in heaven, she was complete. She understood and knew God in a way that I hoped to. 
God built an amazing person and Jesus presented her to the Father in heaven and said, here you go. Here's the finished work. You see, we see this death thing as the end. It really isn't. It's like giving your kid a half-assembled toy. Don't you want to stand before God complete in him? And it just takes some pain and difficulty along the way for those steps to be completed. I'll finish with this. It's the message version of Ephesians. I love this. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. And all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. Oh, thank you, Lord. So we're going we're gonna to finish this service very different. I, I, again, this is just, I, I'm going to stretch you today, okay? Can I do that? JJ's here. I want you to stand. Try not to leave. Please stay with me for a few more moments. Because all this message really comes down to what this response is about. That's all this is. I hope I've done my best to present this. But for you, it's your turn. It's your place right now to do what you're going to do with this. And I felt like this great old song that had been sung for years with the Billy Graham crusade would be a great start. So what I want you to do is just quietly but, but engagingly sing this old song just as I am. And then I'm going to share one thing I'm going to challenge you with, and we'll sing it one more time. So sing with me on this. JJ. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am for wretched So here's what I want. We're going to take in, all of us, a similar posture. I want to ask all of you, and I know it's going to stretch some of you. Please hang with me. I believe it's something that will be beneficial to you. It's out of your norm, your comfort zone. That's okay. I want us all to just stand and open our hands, our arms. So today, you're going to be in one of two postures in the same form. For some of you, life really is good now. You're in that step where things are just amazing 
and God has blessed you tremendously with good things. And I want you today, if that's who you are, to just take this moment to thank God, to praise him, to say, God, thank you. Thank you that this Christmas is wonderful because of your many good blessings. Jesus said that he comes and inhabits in our praise. Let's have that happen. But some of you might be in this posture with me today. God, I just need you. I just need you. I need you to help me. I need you to help me understand. I need your presence. I need your peace. And let God just come like a waterfall today, like your hands are almost a basin capturing his love for you. We're going to sing that one more time. All of you experience God and present to God in whatever place that you are. JJ. And that second verse is really powerful, by the way. JJ. Just as I am without one thing, but that that blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Verse. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without a lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am poor, wretched, and blind, so rich is healing of the mind. Yea, all I need in thee to find a lamb of God. I come, I come. Let me pray. Father, you see us here today. You see everyone where we're at. You know most what we need. And I just pray that this moment can carry throughout this week. And in those times of distress and struggle, we just remember your truth. And Lord, throughout this week, we praise you and honor you this Christmas season because you love us so much. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all so much. I pray this week is awesome. Hey, if you're going to be interested in a group, please join me downstairs. I'd look forward to seeing you there. God bless. Have a great week.